0: Well, hello. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're taking this journey with us. And I feel like I say taking journey with us every week. And and it's not to be repetitious, but really... Even as we've been looking at in the past several weeks, it is about a journey and a journey of faith. And it is a place that we're starting here with, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, a mustard seed. And it just starts with nothing and just, it's this tiniest of things, but when we plant it and we continue to walk out, and if you haven't seen those messages, I encourage you to go back and see them. Didn't really intend to have a series on faith. I just had one message that God really wanted me to get out, I felt. And it was just, whenever I got that one out, I didn't get it explained enough, so then I went to the second week and then the downloads just keep going. So today we're going to continue on from a different perspective. And it's one that's going to probably blow your mind. It's probably one of the least spoken about topics of any church that I've ever been in. I've only heard very, very few. But before we get there, There's a TV show that Lenore and I used to watch, and it came on. It was only on for one season, so I guess no one liked it well enough to get it renewed and go on, and maybe they ran out of content. But anyway, it was called The Worst Week. And it was about this couple about to get married, and they're leading up the week before they get married, hence the worst week, and just everything that could go wrong goes wrong. I mean, he sets his in-laws to be's house on fire and just many, many things. And we would just get so stressed out watching even just a 30-minute show because of how bad everything was with him. Well, this morning we're talking about the story from the book in the Old Testament of Job. And again, I said, most people have not ever heard this or talked about that, but it is the top question that I'm asked when I'm around anyone and they find out that I'm a minister or that I was traveling on the road and I'll be sitting on a plane. And, hey, what do you do? And I do this. And well, what do you think about Job? And it's just like, oh, I just got so annoyed with being asked that all the time because it's like everybody knows just a tidbit of what the story is, but they don't understand the real part of it. So we're going to look at it this morning a little bit. So we're going to be flowing in and out. And I'll just warn you up front, we got a whole bunch of scriptures. So it may even be difficult for Michael to keep them all up at the bottom, but it's all found in Job chapter one, and it's all going to be in the book. But starting off with verse one, there was a man who lived in the land of Uz and his name was Job. And look at this, God is writing the Bible. So this is God describing him. He was honest and he did what was right. And he had respect for God, and he avoided evil. He's an upright man, and and it continues on in some of the verses that follow. It talks about that his kids were kind of wilding out and partying, and and he didn't know what was going on because he didn't want to see it. It's kind of like blinders, and he's like, but I'm going to go make an offering to God on my children's behalf just in case they're doing something wrong that I'm going to cover my bases. And now we get an inside look of heaven, and and it's the only place we see anything like this. And and honestly, it may make you scratch your head a little bit. Verse 6, it says, One day angels came to the Lord, so in heaven, and Satan also came with them. Now, let me just tell you, there's a real God And there's a real devil. And the real devil's name is Satan. He has another name as an archangel, was Lucifer. But his name here in the Bible where he's fallen, his fallen state is Satan. So I don't think there's a devil behind every bush, but there are some bushes with a devil behind them, if you know what I'm saying. So here we see a conversation in heaven, which again, there's some things about this that boggles my mind. Why is God letting Satan into heaven? I don't know. But here he says, Satan also came with them. Verse 7, then the Lord said to Satan, where are you come from? And Satan answered, from traveling all over the earth. And I've been going from one end to the other. Now, God is omnipresent. God knows where everything is at all times, all the way around. But Lucifer, Satan, he is not. He is bound the same way of physical time and space as we are. That he can only be at one place at a time, but he's got a whole host of people that work with him. Continuing on, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you thought about my servant Job? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I, this is one conversation of God talking about me I do not want to be in. I don't want him to say, have you, thought, have you considered one version says, my servant, Kevin? No, 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 no. When you're talking to the devil, you talk about somebody else. You don't, God, I don't want you talking about me. And look at what God says. He goes, there isn't anyone on earth like him. God's putting him on this high shelf, this high esteem God has given him. He's honest and he does what is right and he has respect for God and avoids evil. Verse 9, you always give Job everything he needs, Satan replied. That's why he has respect for you. In other words, he just takes everything you give him. You've got this whole thing. Another version says you've got a hedge around him that no one can get to him. And all there is is blessings coming out. That's why he respects you. Verse 10, haven't you guarded him and his family? Haven't you taken care of everything that he has? You have blessed everything he does. Can I just tell you, we talk about all the time that God is for you. This is evidence of God's boundaries around us and his hedges around us and his favor shining down on us, that it really kind of takes the enemy off. He's like, man, you got him all taken care of and you blessed everything he does and his flocks and his herds spread all throughout the land. So in other words, he's increasing all the time. Verse 11, now, but now reach out your hand and strike him down on everything he has, and I'm sure he will speak evil things against you. In fact, he'll do it right in front of you. That's a crazy thing for the devil to tell God. So God says, all right, I'm going to release him into your, you're going to attack him. Again, that's a mind-boggling thing. But he says, but you can't do that. He gives him boundaries. You can't do this. But now look at this. God is releasing the enemy to go after him. God is not the one doing it. Verse 13, now one day Job's sons and daughters were at their oldest brother's house and a messenger came. They they were out there um, partying and doing their thing and then Job is not there. He's somewhere else. and, And again, I'm gonna skip through as quickly as I can. This all happened in chapter one and just like, here we are, verse 13. We're just barely in chapter one and look at what happens. A messenger came to Job and says, hey, we were attacked and stole all your animals and they killed all your servants. Only I... Escaped, And while he was speaking, he wasn't even finished telling him what was going on. I mean, that's traumatic. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, lightning struck your sheep and killed them and burned all of your servants. Only I escaped. And then while he was still speaking, a third messenger came and says, we were attacked on another front. And, and you can read in there, it tells you all the different fronts, but I'm not caring what city and all that stuff. But we were on another front and the camels were stolen and all the servants that were there working, they were killed and only I survived. And while yet he was speaking, uh, he's thinking, it's It's just like boom, 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 boom. It's like a boom, boom. It just got coming at him. While he was still speaking, a fourth messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were at a party. And a strong wind came like a tornado. And it struck all four corners. And they're all dead. Only I survived. As I was reading that, I thought about the the different... um, shows that you'll watch, and they, they'll, they'll go and slaughter everybody, but they'll leave one to be able to go back, and that's what the devil did. He let one survive to be able to go back to Job and tell him. Verse 22, in spite of everything, Job didn't sin, he didn't miss it, by blaming God for everything going wrong. Now, I want, again, I want to pause and make sure that we're in the proper context. God just removed his hedge, the enemy is the one who caused his family to be killed for his stuff to be stolen, for his workers to be murdered. All of the evil that you see happening in the earth today, that is not God. It may be a place that God's hand is removed. It may be a door that's been left open. It may be a hedge or something you've left open. And, and, but God is not the one doing this. But now look, all of this happened in chapter one, the end of chapter one. Job didn't lose it. Verse uh, chapter two, his wife then comes to him. I mean, think of the tragedy that this is. His wife came to him and said, are you still continuing to be faithful to the Lord? Speak evil things against him and die. Well, another verse, version says, curse God and die. And most people know that one. Job, Job replied, verse 10, you are talking like a foolish woman we accept good things from god and we should also accept trouble and it says when he sends it and it's, it really is when bad things come our way we're, we're, there's a test that's coming and in all of this in spite of this it says job didn't say anything sinful Now we get in chapter four, I'm skipping through, I mean, I just jumped from chapter two to chapter four. We get an insight from his friends who have come now to help him and rally. And just like if you knew someone that passed away and they lost all their family and all that stuff, all the friends would come and try and like, hey, I'm here for you. Well, three of his friends came and, and they're there, they're trying to comfort him. And one of them, we get an insight of who Job was in his community. Starting with verse three, look, you've taught so many people and you made weak hands strong. In other words, you've taken people and you've helped them up. That they were, their hands were weak and now you helped strengthen them and your words helped those that had fallen down and you made shaky knees strong. Now trouble comes to you and now you're unhappy about it. See, Job, at the beginning, he wasn't missing it, but as more things started happening, he began to get just it, overwhelmed with all the things and he kind of started going off the path a little bit. And the whole thing is just many, many chapters of him just talking, and then he's talking to the, his friends, and then they're talking back, and it's going back and forth, the speeches it's called, and going back, and they're going back and forth. But isn't that like you and me? We can have something bad happen, and okay, I'm not going to lose it, I'm not going to lose it. And then more and more pressure comes, and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to lose it, but then it gets easier and easier. And then you have someone close to you saying, why why are you still being faithful to God? Verse 6 of chapter 5, jumping there. Hard times don't just grow out of the soil. Trouble doesn't jump out of the ground. People are born to have trouble. And that's just as sure as sparks fly up you got a fireplace, and you're stoking the fire, and and the sparks fly up. If I were you, his friend continues, I'd make my appeal to God. I'd bring my case to him to be judged by him. He does wonderful things that can't be understood. He does miracles that can't even be counted. That's all true. He sends rain on the earth and he sends water on the countryside. He lifts people up who are lowly in the spirit and he lifts them who are sad and he, he helps them, he keeps them safe and he stops the evil plans of those that are clever and the work of their hands doesn't even succeed. Some people think they're wise, but God catches them in their own tricks and he sweeps away the evil plans of sinful people. Continuing on in verse 17. Blessed is the person who God corrects. So don't hate the mighty ones training. We're going to see that play in a little bit more and even more next week. Blessed is the person. In the New Testament it says, hey, whom the Lord loves, he straightens out. And he says, hey, no, that's not the right path I want for you. See, my goal as a pastor and having this church isn't to tell everybody what to do. And if you know me personally at all, you know that I'm not the one saying, you got to change this, you got to do this, you can't do that, and all these things. My goal is to help you to know God, then hear his voice, because he is the one who's able to say, hey, let's change this, let's change that. Not me. So don't hate the mighty one's training. Verse 21. He will keep you safe from the words that can hurt you. See, all of his other people in the area came, and they started just attacking him with words. And, and if you read it in, de- in, in great detail, you'll see that he lost everything. He's living in a tent now. And he says, I'm able to be out here and not scared of wild animals. I don't want to go camping ever. That is not on my list ever to do. And I certainly don't want to be, that's the only place I can live. And now everybody's saying, don't you know that they're just like people today? Oh, what did Job do? Oh, he, did, he must have done something wrong because all this bad stuff happened to him. Oh, uh, and all these voices just come in your head. Those attacks didn't stop. He goes on to even say he wished he'd never been born. Now that's some deep Agony. And when you read through it, you hear the words he's just spewing out. But i got to tell you, I've met people like that. I've met people who are so afflicted and the burden is so heavy on them that they they can't seem to see a way out. Chapter 6, verse 1, Job replied, I wish my great pain could be weighed. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever said, this thing that I'm feeling inside of me, I wish there was a scale, or There, I wish there's a way that it could be just put out here and say, okay, wow, that is pretty heavy. Continues on, I wish my great pain could be weighed. I wish all my suffering could be weighed on scales. It surely would weigh more than the grains of sand on the seashore. No wonder I've been so quick to speak. In other words, I'm just like, blah, letting off all the stuff. The mighty one has shot his arrows at me, shot me with his arrows, and I have had to drink their poison. God's terrors are aimed at me. Now, hold on. This is in the Bible, but it's not correct. This is Job being beaten down so far that he can't even see anything but his pain and his suffering. And now he's saying, this came from God. But we saw in the beginning, and I'm so happy we did, This isn't from God. This is the enemy saying, hey, you got a hedge around him. There's no way we can get to him. And God says, all right, I'm going to prove to you that he's a good guy. Verse 8 of chapter 6, I wish I could have what I'm asking for. I wish God would give me what I'm hoping for. Again, doesn't this apply to you and me? We go through a difficult time and, and we're sitting here with great angst going on inside of us and like God, I I prayed yesterday and I, I prayed the day before and I prayed multiple times and God I just really wish you'd give me what I'm asking for. I wish you would just give me what I'm hoping for. I'm going through a difficult time, God, and I wish you would hear me and just answer my prayer. Then he goes on, he goes, But since you're not, I wish. He would crush me. I wish he would just cut off my life. I have a friend. He's my best friend in Florida. And he went through a difficult time with his family. And I'm not going to speak poorly of the situation or what happened. But he felt like there was no place for him to go. And yet he couldn't leave. And things kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm talking to him three and four times a day. And pretty much talking him off the cliff. And then one day he didn't answer. The second day he didn't answer. Third day he didn't answer. This had happened before, and he was just, he had gotten pretty bad, and they ended up putting him into an evaluation facility, and we got out, we talked more. So you have the whole thing in your mind going, what's going on? I mean, when he's not seeing a reason to live, and in fact, he actually took his life. He saw that his life was so bleak and his family turning their backs on him. There was nothing left for him. I encouraged him to come to Dallas and hey, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up and we'll, we'll just make it. I'll drive down there and get you. And He chose a different way. And I can't speak to the pain that he's going through. And I can't speak to the pain you're going through and you, you don't know the pain that I go through. But look at what Job is saying. He goes, I wish... He would just crush me. He would just cut off my life like just let it be done already, God. Verse 10, then I would still have one thing to comfort me that it would be said that I hadn't said no to the Holy One's command. In other words, God, everything you've told me to do, I've done it. And many of us, I mean, I believe I'm doing what God's called me to do. And this is my great joy and my great privilege. And every day I get to record, it's just the greatest part of my day. It takes a lot out of me, but I love it so much. And, and look, he's saying, I, I want it to be that I, I did never said no to the Holy One's command. God, I never told you no. When you told me to do something, I did it. That would give me joy in spite of my pain that never ends. But then he continues. I'm so weak that I no longer have any hope. That's a rough place to be. Things have gotten so bad that I can't wait for help anymore. He continues on in chapter 9 verse 35. I'm sick of living so I'll talk openly about my problems. Have you ever met somebody like that? They just got nothing to lose and they're just going to spit out what's going on terrible in their lives. I had someone uh, many months ago that is a similar situation that I just described to my friend. I barely knew this person and, and just was told, you know, I said, how's your day going? She says, well, if you want to know the truth, I've just been researching all the different ways to commit suicide, now I'm going to leave and go decide which one I'm going to take. And I'm like, what in the world? End of spending three hours just talking, hardcore building it. We, see, we can find ourselves like, I'll talk openly because everything's going terrible. And they he says, I'll say to God, in other words, when he takes his life, when he goes up there, God, don't find me guilty. Instead, tell me what the charges you're bringing against me. Why is all this happening to me? That was chapter 9. It goes on and on and on, and I'm running out of time. We're going to jump to chapter 38. God was silent during all this. God was watching what he was doing. God is watching us. And there's times that God is silent in our lives. There may be chapters of your life, God, this stuff keeps getting written, but I don't hear you saying nothing. Chapter 38, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke out of the storm. Job is still in the storm. And it says, I love that imagery, okay? God spoke to Job out of the storm. He says, who do you think you are, big boy, to disagree with my plans? You don't know what you're talking about. Get ready to stand up for yourself. I will ask you some questions. Then I want you to answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you know. Who measured it? I'm sure you know, right? Who stretched out a measuring line across it? What was it, what was it built on? And who laid its, its uh, most important stone? When it happened, the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted with joy, who created the ocean and who caused it to be born? And I put the clouds over it as if they were their clothes and I wrapped it in thick darkness and I will set limits for it and I put his doors and his metal bars in places and I could say, you can only go this far and you can't come any further and here's where your proud waves have to stop. Job, have you ever commanded the morning to come? Have you ever shown the sun where to rise? Talk about getting smacked by God. Here he is running in his mouth like he knows better than God. But can't we do that too? And I just love this beautiful imagery. And, 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 and there's so much And I know. Uh, but I just wanted you to see these couple of verses in Job 39, verse 1 and 2. Job, do you know where the mountain goats have their babies? Do you watch when the female deer give birth? Think about that. God is up there in heaven ruling everything and all the prayers that we're constantly giving up and all of our things, and yet he still is so intricately involved that he says, hey, when there's a mountain goat having their babies, I'm watching it going, that's awesome. When the female deer gives her birth, I'm right there going, yay, you got this. Verse two, do you count the months until the animals have their babies? Do you know the time when they're going to give birth? Again, I love the imagery, because God is not just worried about the number of hairs on our heads. Yes, I know that's a paradox. He is so interested in all of his creation. Jesus said, don't you know my Father clothes all the birds and the lilies of the field, and they don't worry about where their next meal is coming from? Why should you? Chapter 40, verse 3. Job replied to the Lord, I'm not worthy. How could I reply to you? I'll just put my hand over my mouth and I'll stop talking. I know some people that they need to put that scripture on their refrigerator and put that scripture on their mirror. And I find myself there a lot too. It's like, man, I just need to shut my mouth and stop talking. And God started telling Job and leading him back to where he was in restoration. Chapter 42. Verse 10, God had told him, he says, all those people that talk poorly against you, you got to forgive them. And I want you to go pray over them. Verse 10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him successful again. And he gave him twice as much as he had before. Verse 12, the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life even more than the first part. And it goes on to tell the numbers of donkeys and sheep and all that stuff that we saw in the beginning. I skipped over. And then Job had an additional seven sons and three daughters. See, the story of Job is that he had testing come in his life. And he maintained it for a while and then he lost it. Can I ask you why you think? I believe It's because the testing was testing his faith. It was testing his persuasion. It was was testing how convinced he was. That's what we've been looking at. See, he started off convinced, and when all the really bad things happened in chapter one, just bam, 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 bam. He's like, okay, 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 I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to lose it. But then things kept going on over and over. And he stopped being persuaded. He stopped being convinced. He started listening to the outside voices. And I heard someone say last week in a conversation that as soon as I take my eyes from here and start looking down at my problems, all of a sudden I'm talking to somebody who's down there. Well, who's down there? And yet the Lord says, lift up your head to where your help comes from. We saw, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the one who is the author of this faith walk for you. He's here for you. Will you bow your heads? Where do you find yourself today? Can you relate to some of the things of Job? Can you say, I might have said some things out of not understanding what God's doing. And while we don't understand why God allowed this to happen and why Satan was up in heaven talking to God and why he said, have you considered this my servant? We see that Job was a great man. He'd helped so many people. But in his time of needing help, not many people were there for him and they were telling him the wrong things. And even in all of that, God says, you need to speak to them and forgive them. So, where do you find yourself? Is there people in your life that have said bad things against you? Is there people that have come against you and attacked you? You need to forgive them. But they don't deserve it, Pastor Kevin exactly. Neither did the people in the story of Job. Yet God says, "Is not until you do that will you see the blessings being released in your life. Again, that's one of the conditional things that we don't very often talk about in church. Where do you find yourself? Do you feel like God has abandoned you? Do you feel like there's nothing left for you? Do you feel like you wish your life would be snuffed out? Particularly as we head into the next two months, in November and December, there's more suicides that happen in that period of time than the other 10 months combined. So this is an appropriate time to message. And let me just look right into the camera and tell you, there's no reason to give up. It can always get better. God is there for you. You just got to stay strong. But that's also why we're here for one another. Reach out and let us know, hey, I'm going through a really tough time. I go through tough times. I'm going through one right now. And, And I still have to keep my eyes lifted up. I have to focus. I have to do some practical things. But some of that is people around me that are, encouraging me and supporting me and telling me you're doing the right thing, going the right way. People that are giving good, godly counsel. We're here for you, no matter where you find yourself in that. Or maybe you've had some things happen that you don't understand why they happen and you question God. Very often I speak to somebody and they'll tell me that this and such had happened and it's all God's fault. They're angry with God. And I'm very quick to talk to them about, it's not God's fault. See, God showed us the the behind the scenes, behind the curtain, what was going on in heaven. And yet it was God saying, okay, I'm gonna gonna let this happen, but it wasn't God who did it. Regardless of where you find yourself. The best way out is to accept Christ. Christ. And maybe you've been someone who's checking it out and maybe you're not sure. And, you know, I've told several people in the past several weeks about some struggles that I'm going through and and some attacks that I feel like I'm going through. And and my, my point to them is watch my life and see the faith that I speak I'm living. So maybe you're ready. Maybe today's your day. I would encourage you to say this prayer with me. It's very simple. You just got to say it after me. You don't have to use my words, but I'm here to help you with the words. If that's you today, say, Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Right now, I surrender my life to you. I choose to give up doing it my way. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. Come into my life and give me a new life. Today, I give my life to you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer with me, maybe you've prayed it before and you just haven't done taken the the extra step, I want to encourage you to take the next step and that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. And it's just simply our text communication system. It's, It's a way that we can communicate with you and let you know what your next steps are if you'd like to take them. Well, let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank you that we can all learn something from the story of Job. Lord, and as difficult as it was for him, and even some of the things that we don't understand, even reading it and seeing at the end how you blessed him double, God, I I still thank you that you're there watching over us. And you showed us the, the minute detail that you take to even things that we wouldn't even pay much attention to. In creation, having babies and counting down the days until that next one was born. You're so interested intricately in our lives. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, Lord, that they'll receive this message. And and I I went really fast, so Lord, I pray that they will be able to consume it all and they'll be able to process it all. And Lord, that your words will speak to them. They don't hear my voice. They don't hear my words, but they hear what you're speaking to them through that. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone who's supporting this church financially and everyone who paid their tithes and offerings this week. And Lord, even going back to when they first started, Lord, I thank you for all those seeds that have been planted. Lord, you're continuing to water those and cause those things and the harvests that are coming back as a result. Lord, I thank you that we're going to keep our faith strong and to stay persuaded. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now watch the end for ways that you can connect. You can find us on social media and ways to give.